I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Um, let's not dilly-dally. Let's go ahead and dive in. Today, we're doing a workshop on improving communication with your partner. When I put up a poll in the group a couple of weeks ago, I asked, you know, what are some topics you guys want? And this was the one that was voted the most. Um, apparently, you guys are hungry for more tips, more tools, just something more tangible to help you understand why you and your partner communicate the way you do and how to make it better. Because I think if we're all honest, there's always room for growth when it comes to how we communicate in our relationships, especially with our partners or with our husbands. I know that my husband Grant and I, um, we have been through our fair share of difficult communication problems, our fair share of miscommunications, lots of conflict, needing to understand each other better and how to communicate with each other better. And I want to teach you guys a concept today that will help you so powerfully with this. It's not all the things that you need to know about communicating better, but it is the perfect place to start because if you don't know and if you don't see what's happening in your relationship, it will be very hard to understand what can change about it. If there is a cycle going on between you and your partner, you'll want to know what that is so that you can then disrupt it, so that you can break the cycle if it needs to be broken and and, and produce something new you know, communicate in a new way that will create so much more fruit and be so much more helpful and productive. So with all that being said, that's actually what today's workshop is on. It's on a concept called communication cycles. I do believe that every couple has their own cycles that are based on personality, based on upbringing, based on maybe even um, past trauma, past hurts. Um, but especially based on what's going on in their mind with their emotions and their thoughts and their beliefs. And, and I'm going to walk you through an example of a communication cycle. This example will, will not be exactly what yours is, most likely. It could be, which is awesome, because then this will be this will feel very relevant and relatable. It might be slightly different from yours, though. So what I'm going to suggest is, and why I mentioned bringing a piece of paper to like write notes on, is I want to suggest that you draw out your own cycle just like this, with lots of different arrows. You might not know how many you'll need just yet, but just know that this is the general idea. There's a cycle. It's like a wheel. You're going to want to draw out your own and figure out what your cycle is. What behaviors do you and your partner respond respond with to each other, especially when you're in a moment of conflict? This is going to be a lot clearer as I go through the example. Um, but overall, I still believe that just from walking through this example with you, you're going to understand what it looks like to communicate differently so that you can break whatever unhealthy or unhelpful cycles might be happening in your relationship. And I'm going to be speaking to you today as though you are the cycle breaker. I know that that might not be what you signed up for. You're probably thinking like, well, I want this to change. I want him to change. I don't want me to change. But 
I just want to speak to you for a moment on this. I do believe that each and every one of us as women can be powerful cycle breakers in our relationship. If you want to be, you know, if you want to be, if you've been around for a minute, then you know that I am all about ownership and empowerment and really knowing how to step up and use your power and authority well. So when it comes to conflict or even just, just stressful communication in your relationship, it's no different to me. It's no different. When it comes to conflict in your relationship, I want you to know how to take ownership of how you are contributing to that conflict and how you can start to resolve it. Okay, this is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be a cycle breaker. It's a great thing. It is an empowering thing. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, I see that some of you guys are watching. If you would, let me know in the comments who's here. It doesn't show me who exactly is tuning in because I'm using my computer, my, my desktop, not desktop, my laptop. But I would love to just give you guys a shout out. And especially as I'm going through the example, please, please, please let me know if this is relevant to you, if, if this is relatable to you, if you have any thoughts um, about it, or if you have any questions as we're going through it. Because we are going to be going through it a little bit quickly. You know, I want, I want to get as much in as we can. And yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. So like I said, this is a communication cycle. I've drawn out the lines and I have not yet filled them in. That's what we're going to be doing together. I'm going to be using two different colors. One is blue, one is red. I'm not trying to be um, stereotypical, but the blue is going to be for the men or for your partner. And the red is going to be for you, for you ladies, you mamas. Um, and I'm going to go through the cycle and just describe what an example of a moment of conflict from the beginning of this is when everything starts all the way through to here are all the reactions that happen back and forth between the between the couple between the two people you you and your partner you know it, maybe this isn't exactly what yours is but but I'm going to speak to you as if it is and then and then show you how it goes all the way back up to the beginning again because it really truly is a cycle okay so we're going to start we're going to start with uh, your partner being the trigger, because I know that's what all of you guys want to hear. You want to start with, okay, well, he does this. He does this thing, and it drives me nuts. It pisses me off. It makes me angry. It makes me want to shut down. I get very upset. Like, I know that that's where you guys want to start. I'm almost positive. So I'm just going to go ahead and give that to you guys. We're going to start with this. We're going to start with um, partner blank. <laughs> I'm leaving it blank because, oh, can you guys see the, you know what, I'm going to use green instead because I don't know if you can see the blue very well. Um, partner, can you see that any better? Ooh, you know what, maybe not even that much better. Okay, well bear with me guys, maybe the red would just be better altogether. I might just use red for everybody. That is a lot better. All right, guys, we're gonna be using red for all of it. Partner blank. And I'm leaving it blank because to be honest, I'm not really sure that it matters what he does. You know, one day it could be that he um, said he was gonna help you do the dishes and he didn't do it. Or it could be that you walked in the room and he was on his phone and you've been telling him to get off his phone. Or it could be that he said something really hurtful to you. He said something unkind, he made a critical comment. Or it could be that he yelled at the kids. You know, it could be whatever. Maybe it doesn't really matter, you know, but that let's just start there that your partner does something. 
The next part of the cycle is how you respond to that. And I'm just going to go ahead and write in that you feel irritated. You can put other words there, frustrated, upset, angry. And I'm going to say that you express it verbally. So I'm going to say express irritation. Okay. You guys tracking with me so far? Oh, here, let me fix the camera so you guys can see the full whiteboard. Okay. I hope that's better. All right, express irritation. So from there, he could respond in any number of ways. I'm just going to say that he gets defensive, you know, because sometimes, the, you know, maybe that happens. He gets defensive, okay? And in response to that, you could do any number of things. You might want to argue back. You might also get defensive. You might lean in even further like, oh, no, 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 you're not getting away with this. I'm going to keep hounding you. I'm going to keep expressing this frustration. I want you to get it. You know, you, you could do any number of things, but I want to mix things up because in fact, like this cycle is kind of based on a cycle that me and my husband had a lot a couple of years ago in our marriage. So that's kind of what I'm drawing from. I'm going to go ahead and put down here that instead of you arguing back or continuing to nag or, or complain or get frustrated or whatever, yell, I'm going to put you retreat. And what I mean by retreat doesn't necessarily mean that you go into another room, although it can mean that like you just, you go upstairs, you shut yourself in the bedroom. But I also mean that you retreat in silent treatment. Even that is a form of retreat. It's not even retreat as in like I surrender. It's more of a retreat as in like, okay, let me, let me go back inward to kind of uh, get, get, get my, get my senses about me again, if that makes sense. So I'm putting you retreat. I wonder if this is, I wonder if this is relevant to anybody. Okay, Joanna says that I can see it in the comments. Awesome. If you guys are, are able to see the font just fine, please let me know. I, I think you guys can probably read it pretty well um, now that I'm, now that I switched to red. So you retreat. I wonder if any of you guys can relate to this. So let's say that next you retreat and as a result, he leaves you alone. Is this tracking with any with everybody? He leaves you alone. Okay? He leaves you alone and what do you do? You feel more upset. More upset. The anger or the hurt or the frustration just simmers and even more so. It, it's it's about to bubble over. But then he comes and he apologizes. He says he'll do better. Okay, so he, let's just say he comes to fix things. He comes to fix. Um, and then you, I mean, maybe you guys have an engagement, maybe you have a discussion about it, but through the process of him saying, okay, I want to fix things, you're right, I'm going to try to do better, you move on. You eventually move on. You're, you're like, okay, forgive or forget, whichever, maybe, maybe neither. Maybe you just agree to disagree and you just move on. Okay. And from there, at some point, you end up back at number one because your partner's always going to do something. You know, there's always going to be something that creates the cycle. If this is a cycle that you guys have already developed, 
and that you have grown really accustomed to and that you and that you um, it's not even consciously that you do these things, but it's just the patterns that you guys have developed over time. You end up back at number one because there's been nothing to disrupt this cycle. There's There's been no solid solution necessarily or a boundary set. Maybe there is. If that's the case, then maybe the cycle would end. But let's just say that it doesn't. Let's just say that you move on until the next time, until the next event. I can see in the comments, Kelsey says, how can we communicate with the husband when he is not emotionally connective or supportive while you feel sick every day? I'm gonna say, draw out a cycle here. That's what I'm gonna say, after, after we finish this video, draw out a cycle and just tell me what you notice. Like maybe even, I may even do a separate live to respond to that. I am gonna be doing a separate live to respond to, um, I think it was Lindsay, Lindsay's, Lindsay Burton's um, question about missing each other, like what do you guys do when you when you say things to each other but you completely miss it and so there's just all these miscommunications that are happening all day long. I'm actually going to have my husband do a live with me later this week to respond to that because we had some really great thoughts about it. Um, I hope you guys don't mind that I... <laughs> I ask him for insight as I as I start to plan these because it does help to see from the male perspective. Okay, so here here's what we've got. We've got a we've got a cycle. I also see in the comments Kelsey says truth, and um, Joya says yeah. It does take me a while to retrieve. I definitely am more upset when he leaves me alone. Okay, awesome. So let's talk about what it takes to change cycles. There are two things I want you to know. The first is you can only control and really change your part. That's the truth. You may influence your partner. You definitely have influence, but you do not have control. You cannot actually like fully change another person. You could try, which usually will just create more conflict. But at the end of the day, you can only control and change what's going on with you. Your behaviors, your patterns, your emotions, your responses, all of it. Okay, so that's the first thing to point out. The second thing is that changing your parts, you know, these are all your parts, are going to be a lot easier, like a thousand times easier when you know why they are happening. Okay, you want to know what are you thinking that is leading to what you are feeling that is then creating the way that you are behaving or the words that you are saying. Okay, so I'm going to walk you, I'm going to break this down by going back through the example. So like we said, partner does something that ticks you off, you express irritation. I want you to think, what might be going on in your mind when this irritation comes to the surface, because irritation doesn't just happen. There's always a thought behind it. There's always either a story you're telling yourself or a subconscious meaning that you have assigned to this certain behavior. And I'm just going to put just, I'm just going to say, just for the sake of going through this example, that maybe the thought that leads to this irritation is he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about me. And like, I, I know what it's like to have that thought. Girl, I get it. He doesn't care about me. And of course, that's going to create irritation. That'll probably create more than irritation. Probably also creates frustration. Also creates a feeling of powerlessness. Has you wanting to maybe fight for control or to take back control. 
let's go, let's move on through the cycle. He gets defensive and then you retreat. Why would you retreat? Why do you go into silent treatment? I'm going to suggest that it might be because on top of the thought, he doesn't care about me. Now you add on, I'm going to make him care about me, right? I'm going to punish him. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to make him care. I want him to care. So this is my way of making him care. Okay, that might be what's going on for you. But then he leaves you alone. You get more upset probably because now you're thinking, okay, he definitely doesn't care about me. He truly does not care about me because he is leaving me alone to deal with this on my own. Doesn't he know that I am upset and I am waiting on him to fix things as he should. He should be fixing things. Okay. And then, you know, he does come up. Things are fixed. Everything moves on. And you decide to move on. Why do you move on? Is it because perhaps you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give him another chance to prove he cares about me. Do you see how all of this cycle could just be stemming from this one fear of he doesn't care about me. I need him to care about me. Do you see how powerful just that one thought can be? How it could lead to all of these different ways that you would respond in an argument or to a situation, to a trigger. Something as simple as your partner doing a, doing a repeatable behavior. And I want to tell you that at any point, this cycle could be disrupted if that thought, he doesn't care about me, if that thought wasn't there. Or if you stopped believing it. Okay, I really want you to sit with that. Cycles get disrupted, not when you change your behaviors, but when you change your thoughts that are creating those behaviors. At any point, this cycle could have completely changed if you just stopped believing the thought, he doesn't care about me. It doesn't even matter if it might somewhat be true. Maybe he doesn't fully care about you. Maybe, maybe he cares about other things too. So probably we all do. But it doesn't mean that you have to feed into it doesn't mean that that has to be the story that you repeat to yourself over and over and over again in order to create that frustration and that irritation and that indignation, right? I, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I did a podcast episode on rage indulgence. This is, this is so relevant to this. At any point, you could stop believing it. Okay, so now I want to talk about, first of all, before I even dive into the next part, I just want to know of, of everyone's watching, I see there are lots of people watching, is this resonating with you? Do you see cycles? Maybe not exactly this one, but do you see cycles happening in your relationship? And I wonder, maybe if you really think about it right now, do you know what the thought is that may be behind it? Do you know what's going on in your mind that's creating these behaviors that is contributing to this cycle that just keeps happening over and over and over? Okay, I want you to think about it. If you don't know, then take some time after this video later today to really think about it. Draw out your own cycle and ask yourself these questions. Okay, because you don't, you, you can't do any better if you don't know any better. Okay, that's the truth. Okay, let's move on though. Let's talk about my favorite tool to help women change or disrupt their cycles of communication. My favorite tool is curiosity curiosity. And I hope you guys can read this here, but curiosity is what leads to understanding, compassion, solutions. Curiosity. It becomes a lot easier to respond to triggers such as 
your partner doing blank, whatever that is, it becomes a lot easier to respond to those and to communicate in a healthy, productive way when you're coming from a place of curiosity rather than whatever insecurity or anxiety or judgment or rage or whatever else it is that you're experiencing. Curiosity is what creates more understanding and compassion towards your partner. It's what creates more solutions so that actual change can happen, so that actual change can take place. And curiosity really, in the simplest way that I can think to explain it, curiosity just comes down to asking better questions. Really, truly, curiosity is just asking better questions. Ladies, you guys just got to get better at asking questions. I'm not saying that to berate you. I'm saying that to encourage you. Like, it really can be that simple. Okay, so let's go back to the example. We're going to talk about how do we disrupt this? Because this is not working. We want to change this. This is exhausting. This is time consuming. Oh my gosh, you guys. Like, when I had a cycle like this with Grant a couple years ago, we could spend a full morning doing this and we had little ones. So can you imagine the chaos that that created in the home? Can you imagine the unrest and the exhaustion that created? I remember like we used to have a whole morning of this and then I would need an hour long nap afterward. I would feel so drained. I would be like, well, now I can't even like enjoy the rest of the day because I'm just so tired from all of this. We feel better now. Like we're not fighting anymore, but I'm exhausted. I need to sleep now. I need to recover. Like guys, like this, this is debilitating. This can be debilitating. So we want to disrupt this. And I'm going to show you how curiosity can be that tool that you didn't know you were missing. Okay, I see in the comments someone saying, it is exhausting. It is, and we don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do that anymore. We are empowered mamas. We're going to use curiosity to get ourselves out of this. So going back to the example, just walking you through a few, a few ways to ask better questions in this scenario. Let's say your partner does blank. Again, could be whatever. He does the same thing that he always does that typically pisses you off. He does blank. Instead of jumping to irritation because of the thought, see, he doesn't care about me. He's doing this because he doesn't care. He doesn't love me like he says he does. He's not going to work hard for me. I want you to instead think about asking the question, can you help me understand why? Well, I'm just going to put here curiosity. Can you help me understand why did you blank? Why did you not do the dishes? Can you help me understand why you're yelling at our youngest? Can you help me understand why you are on your phone right now? I know that in your mind, you think you know the answers. I promise you, you don't. You don't know the answers or you don't know all of them at least. I cannot count how many times this question has changed my relationship. It has opened my eyes to, to understand Grant on a deeper level than I ever did before. I mean, just from this one question, I have discovered that he responds to stress in different ways than I do, that he feels insecure more than I think he does, that he is more tired than he lets on, that he feels out of control as a parent, that he has anxiety, 
that he worries that I don't care about him. You know, like he has his own, he has his own stuff going on in his mind. And the point of curiosity, the point of just asking this question, can you help me understand why is to get a better understanding so that you can have more compassion perhaps and so that you can find solutions, okay? So let's say that you respond with curiosity and now he answers. He answers. He gives you an answer. It might not be the best answer, but he somewhat answers. You know, men are not always the most introspective and intuitive, but, but that's okay. It's a skill that can be learned. My husband's come a long way. Grant used to be the least introspective person on in the world, and now he's, he's very introspective. I just need to learn the right way to kind of um, guide that conversation. Okay? So he answers. Curiosity. How do you respond again? This time, you don't need to retreat. You can bring in more curiosity. And this could just be, again, asking another good question. Can we think of a solution to this? That could, that could be the only question you need to ask. What, what do we want to do about this? Is there, what are some options here? Can we think of a solution that could, that could make us both happy? What do we want to do? Okay, curiosity. It, it encourages open, honest discussion. It encourages dialogue. It shuts down the need for anger, defensiveness, raising your voice. Curiosity, that is the tool here. Yeah, I see in the comments, Joanne says, it's so true, it goes both ways. There's always a reason. Yeah, and that we wanna be heard without listening. That needs to change. Absolutely. It needs to change. We are the cycle breakers. We are the cycle breakers. No more waiting on them to change first. That's dumb. That's dumb. That's insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Come on. We're more empowered than that. We have more authority than that. Why would we want to wait around for someone to change in order to feel better and do better? No, we're going to do the change. We're going to do the changing. We're going to step up. Okay? So curiosity, can we think of a solution to this? Now let's say that, it's, you know, now this whole cycle is, it's changing, it's changing. Now he's thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll do this. Maybe he does suggest a solution. Let's say he suggests solution or he disengages, because this does happen. Sometimes we start out with curiosity and he's like, what, what is going on? And he just disengages, especially if he's not very in tune with his emotions, if emotions feel exhausting to him, and if you are coming at it from a place of emotion, which does take some time to learn how to not do quite as much for us as women. Let's say that he disengages. I'm just going to put that. What do you do then? What do you do when he disengages? Well, I'm going to say that you could respond to it with any number of ways. If he does suggest a solution, then you can just agree to a solution. And then from there, the cycle is completely broken. You, ha you have a new solution. You have a new solution. And I want you to see this. If you, let me write, you know what? I have a cloth for this. Let me, let me actually paint this first. Let's say he agrees, oops, agrees. And you find a solution. and you implement that solution, I just want to show you, like, from there, the cycle is broken. You don't end up back at here. If the solution really does work, you don't get there anymore. I just want you to think about that. Like, that's what I mean by disrupting a cycle. 
the solution is found. A solution is not, okay, yeah, let's let's just move on. I forgive you. Okay, let's just keep going. A solution is no, like we're actually going to change things because we're both on the same page and we're both really thinking on a higher level. We're problem solving. We're using our creativity because we're out of the, the angst and the anger and the anxiety that hinders those things. Okay, so that's just that's just one that's just one way that this could go. But like I said, I want to go with him disengaging. Disengages. I'm gonna suggest from here that you take some time, that you draw back, and you revisit conversation later. Revisit the talk later. Just because he disengages doesn't mean it's over, it just means he needs time. It just means he needs time. It means that maybe you need to find a better time. So let's say you revisit it later. Now he's more open and you're able to have a conversation. Again, you find a solution, cycle's broken. But just to, just to even draw out even more scenarios, let's say that you revisit this talk and he's still not engaging. He does not want to change. He does not see the need for a solution. He doesn't, he's like, whatever, you just need to get over it. Let's say that he's here, he's not engaging. I would say that sucks, that definitely sucks. But what can you do in response? This is where the need for understanding how to set boundaries is so important. That's what you would do then. You'd set a boundary where the cycle's disrupted. Because if you set a solid boundary, I'm not even going to dive into boundaries because that, that's going to take a whole other hour to dive into. But when you set actual boundaries, you do still disrupt cycles because even though he might still do this, all of this no longer, all of what it used to be of the irritation and the retreating and the yelling, like all of that doesn't need to happen anymore. Because you already have a system or solution in place to keep you disattached and removed from that scenario. And again, I'm not going to go like fully into what that looks like. But going through all of this, the main thing I want to remind you of is that curiosity will serve you so well. But using it requires you to get out of your head. You know, those thoughts of he doesn't care about me, he's selfish. He only thinks about himself. He doesn't love me. I, I, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not who I thought he'd be. All Whatever it is, whatever thoughts, whatever stories you have going on in your head, in order for you to use curiosity well to your advantage and to truly influence and change things and to break cycles, you have to get out of your head just long enough to get into his. That's what curiosity is about. It's about getting out of your head and getting into his so that you guys can get to come together, get on the same page and find some solutions here. Actually make progress here. Instead of doing the same thing over and over again, experiencing the same cycles and going through that exhausting process. Okay, so here's what your homework is. You're going to draw out your cycle. It's, it probably won't look exactly like the one that I, I gave for the example. You're going to draw out your cycle. What are your typical cycles? But don't just leave it at that. I want you to figure out why are you doing what you are doing? Meaning, what story are you telling yourself? What is the thought 
or maybe even the lie that you are feeding into. What is going on in your mind that is the reason for why you're feeling the way you're feeling and why you're reacting the way you're reacting? And then the last piece is I want you to brainstorm some ideas of what it might look like or sounds like to respond with curiosity instead. You know, what might it look like to ask better questions, to facilitate more of this understanding and compassion and solutions? And here's what I'll say. This is going to be my, my last word of advice. It does take practice. This is something I remind every mom I work with when we're coaching together. You will not hit a home run the first time you do this. Or maybe you will, but then the second time you're going to be like, well, I, I couldn't do it. I was just too angry. I was just too blindsided by my rage and my insecurity and my anxiety. I could not respond with curiosity in that moment. And what I want to tell you is that's okay. That's actually totally normal. It's going to be hard at first. It takes practice. So what I suggest, if it really is just so hard that you cannot do it in the heat of the moment, what you need to do then is to do the work afterward. When you're on your own, sit down with a piece of paper, sit down with your journal and revisit this fight. Go back over through the cycle, dive deeper into what was I telling myself, what, what might have been going on in his mind, how could I have asked better questions, and then again, you can revisit the conversation with him and say, hey, I know that we just went through this whole fight and you agreed, you know, blah, 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 we were going to, you know, we're okay, we moved on. I'm just wondering what was going on for you here? You know, can you help me understand why you did that thing? You know, not to just reopen, you know, a whole bunch of wounds, but just to get even a little bit more clear to help you put together some puzzle pieces that are not being put together just yet. Right now, you have developed these neural pathways, these thought patterns of he doesn't care about me, he doesn't love me. And just as important as breaking up the cycle is breaking up those thoughts. You've got to disrupt those thoughts. You've got to allow yourself to build new thought patterns, new, build these new neural pathways over time. And it comes from you introducing new concepts and ideas that your brain can begin to believe. So whether that's the thought of, oh, he does care about me. He just doesn't respond to stress well. Oh, he does care about me. I just reminded him of his mom in that moment. Oh, he does care about me. He just doesn't understand how to show it right now, but he's capable of learning and I'm going to take ownership of teaching it. Like this is, you know, it takes time. It takes practice, but it is so worth it. It is so worth the time and effort because again, this is exhausting and you could keep doing this for years and years and years, or you could save your time and energy by learning how to cut to the chase, get to curiosity so much faster, and to break these cycles and create and cultivate a healthier, much better, stronger relationship. A few of my favorite thoughts I wanna offer up real quick are just, he is a complex being just as I am. I think this one about Grant all the time. He is a complex being, okay? That's a thought that might be powerful for you. Um, there are things going on for him beneath the surface that I can't see. I think that's always a helpful reminder, not just for our, not just for our partners, but for anybody, everybody. There are always things going on for them beneath the surface that we can't see. Our kids, our babies, our mother-in-laws, our friends, there are things going on for them that we just can't see. And then the last thought to offer up that, that I think will be helpful for you is the thought, curiosity will always serve me better than my anger ever has. 
I really want you to sit with that. Is that true for you? That curiosity will always serve you better than your anger ever has. All right, ladies, so let me know your thoughts in the comments. If you have any questions, I will go back through later today and answer them. But I want to know, do you have a communication cycle in your relationship? And are you committed or are you willing to experiment with disrupting those cycles with curiosity? Are you willing to use this tool to ask better questions so that you can get out of whatever is happening and begin to improve your communication so much more?